In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. As we continue now in ordinary time, our first reading and our gospel often directly connect with each other, and that's on display this weekend as both have similar scenes. Our first reading comes from the first book of Kings. Elijah is on Mount Horeb, and the Lord God tells him that he shall anoint Elisha as a prophet to succeed him. Elijah sets out and comes upon Elisha, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen. Twelve yoke of oxen is a very large operation, and it could be that many in Elisha's town, including himself, were dedicated to cultivating the land. But it could also be that Elisha's family was very wealthy and could afford twelve teams of oxen to till their land. Either way, Elijah throws his cloak upon Elisha. This is the same cloak which he used to cover his face just six verses earlier when Elijah was on Mount Horeb. And later, in 2 Kings, Elijah will use this cloak to strike the water of a river to cause it to miraculously part. Like Moses' staff is for Moses, so too is Elisha's cloak for Elijah. But there's a second parallel with Moses in this story. When Elisha leaves home, the author says that Elisha left and followed Elijah as his attendant. This very same phrase, as his attendant, is twice used to describe Joshua's role as Moses' successor, both in the book of Numbers, as well as in the very first verse of the book of Joshua. In our second reading, we hear St. Paul wrestling with the Galatians. Not literally, of course, but some false teachers have arrived in Galatia claiming that all Christians need to follow the practices of Jewish law. Paul's response to this is, that ain't true, because they have faith in Jesus. Yet, does having faith in Jesus mean someone can do whatever he or she wants? No, and that's where our passage picks up. For you were called for freedom, brothers and sisters, but do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Here's the crazy thing. At the very start of the passage we hear at Mass, St. Paul tells the Galatians to stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. But then, later on in the same chapter, he tells them, rather, serve one another through love. And the word for serving one another is the exact same root word as the slavery he mentions at the beginning. So Paul is sort of telling them, look, don't be a slave, but then also you should be a slave. (laughs) What's the difference? He's saying, don't use your freedom to submit to the slavery of living according to carnal desires, which he calls the flesh, but rather use your freedom to submit to a sort of slavery that seeks always to love one another. Two groups who really didn't love each other at the time of Jesus were Samaritans and Jews. It stemmed from the time when the Assyrians invaded northern Israel and carried off some of the Israelites in captivity. That land was eventually repopulated by Israelites who had mixed with the native people, and thus both sides questioned the legitimacy of the other group. So as Jesus and his followers prepare to go to Jerusalem, they have a choice. They can either go directly there, through Samaria, or they can go the roundabout way around Samaria. Sort of like the choice between the beltway around downtown or the traffic-laden shorter route through the heart of the city. And because most Jewish people thought very poorly of Samaritans, they chose the roundabout way. But Jesus and his followers go right through Samaria, and there they're met with opposition. The response of James and John to this opposition is reminiscent of a story from the life of Elijah, giving us a further tie-in to the first reading. You see, in 2 Kings chapter 1, King Ahaziah becomes injured and sends messengers to inquire about his recovery from a prophet of Baal. 
But Elijah, the prophet of the Lord God, intercepts these messengers and tells them the king will not rise from his bed because he has been following other gods. The messengers return to the king, but he's not very happy about this news. So he sends a captain with 50 men back to Elijah, commanding that the prophet face the king in person. In response, Elijah says, well, if I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And that's exactly what happens. One of Jesus' most harsh-sounding phrases is recorded for us in our gospel passage. Let the dead bury their dead. At the outset, we have to understand that burying one's parents was a very important duty for many cultures at the time, Jewish, Greek, and even Roman. It was so important, in fact, that Jewish law dispensed a man from all his daily prayers and, quote, all the commandments in the Torah in order to bury a dead relative. So here, it could be that Jesus is invoking the same spirit when it comes to preaching the gospel. In other words, in a similar way that burying a dead family member takes precedence over all of the Jewish law, even more so does preaching the gospel take precedence over that. There have been many other interpretations of this saying of Jesus through the years, including the prevailing understanding of his words being something like, leave the spiritually dead to bury their physically dead. But I'll leave you with one fascinating theory from scholar Joel Green. He points to the common practice of having a primary burial when the dead person would be placed in a sealed tomb, but then a secondary burial which would occur 12 months later when the bones of the person were collected and placed in a box. He believes that in this way, Jesus is saying that his potential follower should leave the other dead people in the graveyard to bury the already dead person who would be awaiting the secondary burial into the bone box. It's quite an explanation. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.